Kobe, 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 Kobe. All right, welcome to episode one of Bean, a podcast dedicated to Kobe Bryant's greatest games. I'm Jeff Frailer. The other host is Brandon Rosenthal. We just decided to do this because we're just huge Kobe fans, huge Los Angeles Laker fans. From everything I've been looking for on the internet, it doesn't seem like anyone else is doing a podcast specifically dedicated to Kobe Bryant games. So hopefully this fills some sort of void that, you know, people who are nostalgic as we come on the one-year anniversary of his death for Kobe Bryant content. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Jeff. I'm doing really, really good. Um, I'm glad we're taking this trip down memory lane and... You know, like you said, there is not um, a lot of podcasts about Kobe Bryant games. There's a lot of videos out there on YouTube about Kobe Bryant games and, you know, awesome clips. But really diving into uh, these his special performances, um, I'm very excited to do that. Yeah, exactly. We're going to be covering some of his greatest games. I mean, at some point, I'm sure we'll do the 81, uh, you know, game seven versus Portland, 62 and three quarters versus Dallas. But I think another thing that really appealed to both of us was doing games that you know, people remember, but that's really stick out for one reason or another. Could be, you know, regular season ho-hum games in January and March and kind of the, uh, you know, slower parts of the season as everyone's looking forward to the playoffs. But for whatever reason, Kobe took it up a notch that night, or maybe it was something that happened with the opponent. These games stick out. These games are something we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and to piggyback on that real quick, like if you've been watching Laker games and if you watch majority of Kobe's career, there were a lot of nights where he was the only person who gave a damn. Mm-hmm. And that equated to some awesome performances that we have probably forgotten, you know, 20 years and we're all getting older now. So you for, I forget things every single day, but there's some things I can't forget about Kobe. And this podcast is going to trigger some of these memories uh, for all of us. I feel so I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Anything Kobe, I'm all in, as you can tell by my outfit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we are both in Kobe jerseys. Brandon's rocking a 2009 Finals edition jersey. I have just a, you know, regular gold 24 swingman. So I had a plethora of jerseys to select from. This is what I went for for episode one. Was it like that, Uh, uh, um, like Eddie's closet in Whoopi Goldberg's closet in that movie Eddie, where she's going through all those Knicks jerseys? Which one would I wear today? (laughs) That is... uh, you know, I probably haven't seen that movie in at least 20 years, but it deserves a rewatch at some point. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if it was a Lakers movie, maybe we'd watch it a lot more. But since it's a Knicks movie, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this is also something that, I mean, I, I hate to kind of touch on this. Let's say Kobe was still here. I think I would still want to do it. But I don't know if it would still be like the same um, angle or, you know, kind of the same content. But I think the fact that he's not, that we're, you know, basically at the one year mark of his passing. It's something I definitely wanted to do. I mean, I've still been not daily, but probably close to it. Like looking up some of his highlights on YouTube from various stages of his career, uh, reading the comments and, you know, if there's to be able to establish a feed that will really go into a deep dive of these games from a fan's perspective. And I think what you and I have talked about is, we're not going to waste a lot of time talking about the X's and O's and, you know, the coverages of the Knicks, the coverage of the Lakers, wherever the game it is. We're just going to talk about, I mean, Kobe was a badass this game. The crowd added a certain element. The announcers added a certain element. This is why this particular game sticks out to us and really just focus on that. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. This is going to be from a pretty much fan's perspective. We can be like color commentators. You know, we're going to see this game as that point of view. Like this is exciting to us, you know, what brought us to the TV or, 
um, in this new generation, what brought us to YouTube, you know, you can watch so many things on YouTube now. So it's like, what brought you, what was so exciting to you about Kobe? And there's so much, there's a plethora of moments. Right. <laughs> and I, I think it's so cool that the fact that you could, that we could do this, that anybody can do something like this. You know, I was thinking about just my history of Laker fandom. So I grew up in Dallas. I grew up without cable TV and without the internet for like a large part of my childhood. And so I became a Laker fan when I was 10. My complete exposure to them was through NBA on NBC games and whatever was written in the Dallas Morning News. A lot of times these West Coast games, uh, not that this one was one, but like growing up, anytime there's a West Coast games, a lot of times that score did not make the Dallas Morning News because it ended too late. It ended past midnight our time. So like I was like 10, 11, 12 years old, no cable, no internet. I didn't know for like two or three days that the Lakers won a game sometimes. I had to wait till like the following day's newspaper to uh, see what the score was. And um, these kids don't know how good they got it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And so now you can, you know, pull out your phone and watch a game live. If if something crazy happens, it's on YouTube, it's on House of Highlights within seconds, and you just have it in your pocket. And so for everyone who is not, you know, waiting two days to find out simply if a team, if your favorite team won a game, I'm incredibly jealous. Tell me about it. I remember my dad told me a story uh, that he had to call like a phone number uh, to find out what the score was. Um, <laughs> and, and, and that was like a repeating, you know, line. So uh-huh. you would call and then have to wait for, you know, just pretty much wait for your sport. Yeah. Uh, how, how things have gotten better. Now you get alerts, a notification saying, hey, the Lakers are close game, two minutes left. Like that's what, very, yeah. very good time to be a sports fan. But yeah, yeah, those are good old days, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so everyone, first game, Lakers-Knicks, February 2003, Madison Square Garden. Do you remember watching this game live, Brandon? No, I don't remember watching this game live. I remember, I don't, I didn't, I don't think I watched it live because mm-hmm. I saw the dunk. That's what brought me to this game. Okay. So um, that's, but I know you watched it live because you, when we, were meet, we were meeting to discuss games. This game stuck out to you like, it was one of the first ones that really stood out to you because of what you just stated. Like it's one yeah. of the first games you got to see on TV. Um, and because, you know, and cause I grew up in LA, so I was able to watch Laker games pretty much, you know, on KCAL nine. Um, we didn't have to have cable. It was mm-hmm. a local team back in the day. You know, there wasn't really a lot of these contracts and um, that prevented fans from watching games. It was just on channel nine, you know? So yeah. I, I watched, a, I was able to watch a lot more games than you were growing up. So yeah, it's, I don't want to sound like, no, <laughs> like no, an arrogant like, Laker fan, but there's just a blur of like games stuck in ab- there. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Like you said, for whatever game, for whatever reason, this game has always just been, you know, at the forefront if I'm thinking about like great Kobe performances, you know, if, if there was a reason where I had to pick like, you know, five games that I could rewatch, this would be one of them. Um, it's a combination of being 16 having cable for the first time in my life, watching TNT games for the first time. The fact that he was insane. I think it was, you know, 46 points this night, 17 for 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atmosphere in Madison Square Garden coupled with Kevin Harlan at the microphone. It was like a perfect mixture of something that would could end up being so incredibly memorable. Uh, and, and that was like, this was his first big MSG game, you know, um, mm-hmm. like really big. And we all think about MSG. We think about the 61. We think about like a lot of stuff. This was the first, um, aside from the 98 All-Star game. Um, you know, the 98 All-Star game was yeah, a special Yeah, that's game. a good point. Yeah, yeah. But like that was a, a kind of him versus MJ. And it wasn't really like a big, um, like this was like, hey, this is my stage. Um, I, I know you're there, Shaq, but. Yeah, <laughs> scoot your, scoot your fat body over, and this is right. my time to shine. 
Shaq was a little large in this game in this rewatch. Oh yeah, he definitely was. That jersey was snug, man. Yeah. Um, I think so. This was the season's coming into setting the stage for the Lakers this season. This part, uh, Lakers were coming off three straight titles, Mm -hmm. 2002, they'd beaten the Nets to complete the three peat. Uh, they come into this season, 2002, 2003, uh, not overwhelming favorites to win the title, but definitely favorites, at least according to Vegas, uh, plus 180 odds to four peat. You know, everyone is more or less expecting them to come out of the West. Maybe it's going to be Sacramento. It's going to be Sacramento or LA, or LA based off just how the previous season had ended. Spurs were around there too. Who are the other favorites? But the Spurs, like the Nets and maybe the... Yeah, uh, so the uh, Dallas was probably... I think they ended up winning mm-hmm. 60 games that year. That was that's their, right, that's right, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if everybody was expecting Dallas to win 60 that season, but they ended up doing that. But yeah, coming in, Lakers were... Um, were favorites but so this was this off season where Shaq had delayed his off season toe surgery mm-hmm. he said if I got hurt on company time I'm going to heal on company time got surgery the tail end of September and missed all of training camp missed a good portion of the season and the Lakers got off to a terrible terrible start they actually this game when they won this game versus the Knicks they increased their record I think to 24-23 was the first time they'd been over 500 the whole season we're one game away from the all-star break Christmas day probably was their low point of that year they lost the Kings at home which was the first time they ever wore their white home jerseys by the way was that Christmas day game in 2002 they Mm -hmm. fell to 11 and 19 that was their record after that loss that's bad yeah uh Kobe Shaq was back at that point uh, Kobe was gunning to say the least throughout the early part of the season. He had had a game versus Boston where he was 17 for 47. Uh, they had, <laughs> yeah. he, Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was the season as well. And I think it was just a combination of no shack for a large part of the year. Uh, Kobe gunning to, to the point, uh, to the point where it was, it was occasionally to the Lakers detriment Lack of a real third option. I mean, Ori and Fox were a year older. I mean, Derek Fisher was there, but you know, as much as everyone loves D Fish, he's not going to go for twenty plus every night. No, um, and yeah. When this team is so top heavy, and you miss one of your, if if not the most important player in your offense, you're going to struggle. Like this team was not built for Kobe; it was built for Shaq to succeed. You know, for the defense to get sucked in, to slow things down, for teams to foul. Like this, mm-hmm. this game was slow. Like this pace back then was slow because of how many fouls were. Shaq just got fouled all the time. Yeah, and yeah, like that is. If my coworker, if my, my teammate said, "I'll heal on company time," I think I'd shoot forty shots a game too. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, right. like <laughs> clearly they don't. And yeah, that this was the, be, the beginning of the end, right? Like, that. oh yeah, yeah, mm. definitely the beginning of the end for um, at least I think Shaq's physical prime. His first year in Miami, he bounced back and was an MVP candidate again. But you could see it this year; he was slowing down. Uh, like you touched on, just his actual weight uh, conditioning was a factor. That jersey was looking pretty snug. He was oh, yeah. laboring up and down the floor. But what's funny is about this game: if you watch just the first quarter, you get the impression it's going to be Shaq's night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he had 11 in the first quarter, uh, three for four on free throws. Um, he had, he was engaged this game. Um, he got set up for some early dunks, some early layups through. I know Kobe set him up a couple times. I think Ori did too. So he was animated. He was energetic. So you get the impression that's going to be Shaq's night early on. No, you, you really do. And I think that that was kind of the mindset, right? You saw like there was, I wrote down here in a, a trivia. Do you know when Kobe's first shot was? I, I'm, I'm, it's a quick, this was a quick one because it's so early in the game. Do you remember what time? Like, 
I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I feel like it was a jumper, like, on the, in the right corner, but a two-pointer. Or at least his first field goal. I don't know when his first attempt was. Do you mean his first field goal or attempt? Yeah, his first field goal attempt was seven-minute mark in the game. Okay. Like took him five, like, and that's not the Kobe we remember. It's like the Kobe yeah, yeah. was like the seven-second mark. You know? uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just like that was his role in the offense. Like just, all right, um, I can post up, but there's another option. Shaq is going to post up too. And it was, it was definitely Shaq's night. Like he was, or at least in the first quarter, right? Four right. for five shooting, dominant. And the Knicks had nobody to guard him, like absolutely nobody. Um, they were shrimpy inside. Doliak was a miniature version. Um, yeah. Othella Harrington, who I forgot even it was yeah. in the league. When I saw Harrington, I'm like, oh, is that Al, Al Harrington? And I'm like, uh-huh. nope, wrong Othella Harrington. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember him. Uh-huh. Um, I, and he was just too small, like way too small. And so Kurt Thomas, like they had nobody to guard him. So Shaq just feasted inside early on. But yeah, so coming into this game, I know we touched on Shaq's dominance a little bit, but Kobe had really been picking it up the previous four games. So this, so this particular game is the start of his nine straight 40-point games. Uh, but he had gone for 35 or more in the four previous ones as well. So he came in on fire and those were all Laker victories. But, you know, like I said, this is the first of his uh, nine straight 40 point games. The Lakers go seven and two in that stretch. And this really put themselves back into the playoff hunt. Um, they, like I said, they go into the all-star break one game of five, 500. I think they were still in the ninth seed at that point, but you know, they were picking up steam and it was just a foregone conclusion of they're going to get into the top eight just a matter of where they're going to fall yeah pretty much like on the broadcast Danny Ainge was like assuming they were going to do the podcast I mean the playoffs and then John Thompson's like oh I don't know it's like come on John like are you serious dude yeah. like <laughs> these guys are gonna make the playoffs like uh he was trying to you know stay calm and but yeah it was just a foregone conclusion like you're saying like this team now that they're back and the only reason they were struggling is because Shaq was MIA right now that he's back yeah. they just need some time to get acquainted and once they're when Shaq plays himself into shape, this team is rocking and rolling. Like, and this game was a perfect uh, evidence of what this team could do on the road um, and any house like, when they're rolling. So not that the Knicks were, you know, the best opponent for them to mm-hmm. gauge themselves, but they, this was a competitive Knicks team. They didn't make the playoffs. They did win 37 games though. And they still had Latrell Sprewell. They had Allen Houston. Uh, Houston did go, ended up getting hurt uh, early on in this game. And he had a hot start but then ended up getting hurt. So that aided the Lakers a little bit. But, um, you know, like you said, this was a night that the Lakers could gain some momentum and instill a little bit more fear into the Knicks and everyone else as they geared up for the all-star break. Yeah. And the Knicks were the number one three-point shooting team in the league. And, you know, the broadcast mentioned that and, you know, which is kind of wild to see when you look at their roster, you're looking at guys like this doesn't look like the best three-point shooting team in the league, but they were hitting threes. Like three balls started hitting threes, especially in the fourth quarter. Charlie Ward is hitting threes. Um, yeah. And it's like, it was just a surprising three point shooting team looking back, like, especially the way teams are built today. Yeah. Uh, you just touched on Spreewell and they make note of this in the game as well. So the previous game, he had gone nine for nine on three pointers. He hits five of his first six threes in this game. And I think it's, I think it's Danny Ainge midway through the fourth quarter when the Lakers are making their run that he says, Oh, Spreewell's hit 14 of his last 15 three pointers, which, you know, anybody, shooting in a gym by yourself 99.9% of the time, that's not going to happen. 
And the fact that this guy was doing it against NBA defenses was, um, I know it's just anybody can get hot, but it's still pretty incredible. It was. And like, it's funny on the broadcast before we get into the Kobe thing, like they're like, Oh yeah, the Knicks are about to trade him too. And it's like, which is so (laughs) terrible. Like it's still very, very Knicksy. Like that is, if you're a brand new to basketball and you think like, Oh, the Knicks are, no, they've they've always been, they've been the Knicks forever. Like very Knicksy things, terrible decisions, tons of talent. That's Mm -hmm. the Knicks. Yeah. So the next thing I had on my list, now that we've kind of set the stage for what was going on this season in this game, is our most memorable plays. Um, so I know there's some favorites that people are going to jump to immediately, but uh, what are some of your most memorable plays now that you've rewatched this game? So um, I have about, there's like seven that really stood out to me that I just wrote them down. I'm not, I'm not going to um, go through a lot, but the first one was this like Kobe cross and shot in the first quarter. Uh-huh. It was about 4:49 left. And so we'll put these, cl- you know, when we cut up these clips and we'll show you where he's at on these YouTube clips. So it's gonna be nice and easy. Um, when you listen, it was like a, a, a very Jordan esque. It just reminded me it was a cross and a pop. I was like, damn, that it was just, the footwork was so nice. And I'm not describing it the way like it should be because uh-huh. it was just so explosive, right? It was just like yeah. a drive, stop, jump, elevate. Uh, it, it so smooth um that was one and this i'll 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 save the third quarter because for you i want i want want you to dive into the third um but one of them was this um shaw lob to kobe right to start the second quarter yeah it was that was super nice like Uh that was like a perfect like transition shaw you know the shaw shack redemption remember that yeah yeah and then shaw started throwing like oh kobe can jump higher so he would just throw it up there and the mom would just go up there and get it Mm mm-hmm and then obviously in the second quarter, um, this is the reason why I even love this game. It's the dunk over Spreewell. Right. Uh, it was, and that was a very great segment of plays, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but that was Kobe on the corner. And you guys probably remember this. And it's Kevin Harlan is the perfect announcer for this play. And Kobe has a ball on the, if you're watching this game, he's on the right wing, blows by Spreewell, and then does this windmill under the rim dunk mm-hmm. and then stands there and like does a mini flex yeah <laughs> has no emotion in his face and then walks back on defense right and then kevin Harder is like with you know he does that with no regard for human life yeah it, it was it was the most explosive play i think kobe's ever done up to that point mm-hmm. and to do it in msg and then the msg was like the crowd was like oh and that's what you miss about games and yep. you know, about today. Like that, the crowd, especially at the Garden, was yeah. always crazy. It was always like, they're basketball fans, even if the uh-huh. Knicks suck. And the Knicks haven't won a championships in the 70s. So they're just going to, to watch good basketball. That play, they were just like, oh, and then it was buzzing. Like it was, yep. to me, like, obviously that was the top play of the game. Like, but man, it's good stuff. Yeah, that dunk, uh, I think you just touched on it with the crowd. And with so many of Kobe's field goals this game, like as soon as it goes in, everyone's just like, oh. And as somebody who's grown up outside of Los Angeles has seen them in a number of cities, Lakers fans travel and they're just, they live everywhere. So there's yeah. always going to be a, you know, a solid amount of Laker fans in any arena. And um, so I don't know, I mean, maybe it's a lot of Laker fans who are making that noise. Maybe it's just a collective group of people who are amazed by what's happening on the court but it just seemed like they were reacting to every single Kobe shot and it just added to the atmosphere they the announcers touched on it just with the electricity in the building and uh, that dunk really brought it home and that 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 one sticks out um, I think if you ask anybody like any 
knowledgeable Kobe fans, like, you know, top five dunks, top 10 dunks, like they're going to mention this one. Yeah, that this one. Um, and I wish, I wish we had better high definition video of it. Um, yeah. I know there are some good clips of it, but this one, it was just so quick and so bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Um, just from the triple um, the triple threat position was just a, a move was so explosive. Like, yeah, you just forget, like, no, no wonder his Achilles, Achilles ruptured at the end of his career because mm-hmm. he was doing plays like this every single game in practice, multiple times, like blowing by guys, like, man. And you talk about Spreewell, like, a lot of times in the broadcast, they were like, Spreewell's a good defender, Spreewell's a good defender, and Kobe yeah. is like, see ya. Yeah, <laughs> see you later. Yeah, he did explode. I, I think this season in particular was at least in my opinion, like the start of his physical prime. And you could probably argue it's from, you know, this is 2003, 2003 to maybe 2007 to 2008 is probably when he was his most explosive. And then, you know, as he got older, we had the 2009, 2010, you know, through the end of his career, he was mostly, not that he couldn't still get up, but he was relying a lot more on just the mental edge he had over people, like his positioning, his footwork, rather than just blowing by them like he does on this particular play. Yeah. Um, and even in like the, the interview when the uh, Craig Sager interviewed him at halftime, which is pretty awesome, awesome to see. And also I wrote in my notes, it was really cool to hear like the little TN when the, like the TNT bottom line, like da, na, 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 like that little alert, like that was just a cool retro little noise to hear. Cause I haven't heard it in freaking such a long time. That game right. was 17 years ago. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like even Kobe was saying like, Oh yeah, coach uh, wants me to open the offense now. Yeah. And it was just crazy seeing, like an offense not centered around the Mamba. Like, you know, we, we look back and like, oh yeah, this, these offenses were not centered around guards. This, this triangle version was centered around Shaq and the movement of it, where the ball went. Um, so yeah, that you can tell, like this was the offense allowing Kobe to go into his prime and his physical prime was also entering. So it was like a perfect combination. Yeah, exactly. And um, so in the, I know the interview you're talking about with Craig Sager and he does mention that, you know, like Phil's kind of opened it up for me. And, you know, in any Kobe interviews about this season, about this, like, 40-point streak, he talks about that a lot. Um, He says, you know, that the Lakers were struggling, obviously. Shaq's, you know, hurting a little bit. It's hard to even get him up and down the floor. Like, I really need you to feel empowered to initiate yourself and take over offensively when we need you to. And so that kind of resulted in this 40-point streak. Like I said, the Lakers go 7-2, and get back into the playoff hunt. And then um, later on in the season, I think Kobe asked or Phil asked him to dial it down a notch so Shaq would feel more like mentally engaged. Because since, <laughs> yeah, and I, Kobe didn't like that. He'll t- there are a million interviews where he talks about it, but he says, you know, Phil is telling him if we're going to win a fourth title, we need Shaq to be engaged. He needs the ball. And so it kind of took away from Kobe's exploits and it didn't even result in a fourth title. So that's just interesting that everything that goes into these streaks and these plays and these games is so calculated. It really is. And to show you that uh, you, you still got to work with your, your teammates and your, your coworkers, even if you don't want to, and the people are sensitive and Shaq was, you know, Shaq was a sensitive person in his own way. And I, I think as the years go on, we're seeing that um, where it, it was more behind the scenes that he was sensitive and not just, you know, Kobe was a lot more blunt. Um, mm-hmm. and didn't understand that why isn't he on my level when it comes to working out or this or that. And he just didn't get it. Uh, and, and later in his career, he did. But, you know, two alphas. Yeah, right. <laughs> two extreme alphas. So please, please get us into the third quarter because, um, yeah. you know, the third quarter is where the magic happens. Man. This right. Was... Absolutely. Um, well, so first off, I mean, we have that dunk on the last, like you just mentioned last minute of the second quarter where we get the no regard for human life. 
But then another memorable play right after that is the three that Kobe hits right before the second quarter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so just because, I mean, like I touched on earlier, having Kevin Harlan on the mic and with his witty sayings. Uh, so we were, just in this game, we were treated to, with no regard for human life, Kobe Bryant is an assassin uh, right between the eyes. And he also referred to Kobe as a flamethrower. I wrote that too. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, which ironically was my nickname for Chucky Atkins back in the day. But we'll let's nice. for another time. Yeah, Chuck. <laughs> Shout out to Chucky. Shout out to Forgotten Lakers podcast guest, Chucky Atkins. That was a good one. That's right. That is right. Yeah. Um, so the three before halftime, and we'll touch on that again when we get to our most memorable sequence. Uh, but okay, the third mm-hmm. quarter... Yeah. With about 9.30 uh, left in the third quarter, Kobe, the Lakers get on a fast break. Kobe steals the ball. He ends up going about one on three and finishes with the left hand, like with like a lefty leaner that the announcers are just laughing at. They're like, did you see that? And they just keep laughing. So that was a good one. Just, you know, going one on three, finishing with the left and just having the, you know, the gall to do that and the talent to finish it um, was pretty cool. No, he had two lefty plays in a row. He had that lefty yeah. finger roll where he split, and that was like a nice move. And then the lefty floater in the lane. Um, even before that, at uh-huh. ten fifty in the third, he missed that up and under. Remember that crazy bait? He drove by the other side of Spreewell. He's like, oh, you yeah. again? <laughs> Let me just get rid of you. And then he went up and under, and he missed the layup. Um, uh-huh. And it was such a good play that the broadcast showed a replay of the miss. They're like, yeah, look at this. This is what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. And like Danny Ainge is like, I think he's just trying to do the most acrobatic thing on the court, that's what he's trying to do right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that second one, um, that second lefty finish. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Danny, you just touched on it, Danny, and just says, oh, my goodness, we can't even have a chance to talk because Kobe's putting on such a show. <laughs> oh, man, I wrote that in my notes, too. It was such a good quote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 640 left in the third quarter. He's on the right wing, catches the ball just inside the three-point line. He kind of reverse pivots away from Sp- Spreewell. And then in one motion launches, you know, a deep three that rattles home. And um, the crowd and another, oh, reaction. And just, it was all in one motion, you know, catching it, reverse pivot. No reason to shoot this except for that you're Kobe Bryant. And he drains it on the road in front of Spreewell. It's just, um, leaves everyone laughing. It's just another reason when it's so memorable. Um, yeah, and there's a couple of quotes that I, in the third quarter that were great uh, for me. Uh, number one, <laughs> I think it was right before that three ages like oh he might not pass this <laughs> and I thought that was like hilarious you know, like because we're all thinking we're all thinking it and we're all like we don't even want him to pass it like just don't like this was one of those moments where and it happens with Curry and it happens with um, like Clay especially like when they get hot like just don't give it up please just shoot it every single time yeah. um, there was um, a great quote from John Thompson he's like Nick's fans are starting to chant for Kobe now. Then Kevin Harlan's like, would you? And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no. I wrote that one. I was like, oh, man, that was pretty funny. And then the other one is they're talking about the MVP, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, Thompson's like, Chris Weber is the MVP. Like, for sure. Weber finished 10th. And then MVP ended up being Duncan. It was KG, Kobe, T-Mac, and Shaq. So um, swing at a big old miss there for John Thompson. Yeah, right. (laughs) You had two of the top two of the top five MVPs in that game on the Lakers, and he didn't even mention them. Yeah, in the process, they're like, oh, "I think it's going to be Weber, maybe Kobe." It's like, "Come on, man, we're see Webb. This is a season that a lot of Kobe fans point out to as a season where he probably could have won MVP. I think with the fact that they struggled so much, you know, basically for half the year without Shaq, and um, and only won fifty games. If you know, if they had gotten to that fifty-five, fifty-seven mark, uh, you know, maybe Kobe had could have gotten closer. But I mean. Regardless of not winning the MVP, it's one of his best seasons. 
One hundred percent. At least I mean, statistically, yeah. I uh, mean, at the end of the th- and at the end of the third quarter, he had what forty points, and this game was over, dude. It was like a thirty-point blowout uh, at the end of the third, and this would look like a Kobe should. And even though he came out to start the fourth quarter, but it was more like going through the motions. Um, yeah, you know, Slava was out there. <laughs> Anytime you see shout Slava, uh, shout out to Stanislav, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what did Chicken used to call him? Uh, Medvedenko. Yeah, yeah. Good old right. Chicky, man. Uh, I never got his name right, but uh-huh. uh, he was out there. Kareem Rush was out there as a start to fourth. Um, that um, oh, the the Kobe three, the right between the eyes, was f- with four forty five left in the third. I forgot, I forgot about that. And I, I know you mentioned that quote earlier um, before I jump back to the fourth quarter, and that was just a special third quarter performance. He ended up scoring twenty two points, which matched the Knicks. Um, and to be honest, if Shannon Anderson didn't score like five points in the last minute and a half, like this, he would have, the Knicks would have scored 17 points. Like he yeah. literally hit like a desperation three to end the shot clock. And then like a, a runner in the lane. Um, mm-hmm. So shout out to all these throwback players, man. It I really, know. Yeah. I love the, you know, like seeing like Howard Isley and Shannon yeah. Anderson, Michael um, Doliak, Michael, Michael Doliak. Cause you know, you look at all, we remember the Lakers. We remember Devin George. We remember like all these dudes. Um, and also shout out to your dude, Travis Knight. Um, yeah, chilling, Travis chilling on the Knicks bench. Yep, he was glued um, to that bench like there was no tomorrow. But former Laker Travis Knight. Well, well you know, like I, hey, if Kobe's going bench. off, I want to stay on the bench too. I'm like, yeah. I'm good. I don't want to go in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, OT Knight. That oh, that was a good. Just for listeners, real quick, touching on Travis Knight. Uh, so I did have him on the Forgotten Lakers podcast guest, and this is really kind of a crazy story. So the first time I reached out to him, I found his email online, and uh, he responded like within a day or two. He wrote me like a short novel for why he would didn't like wasn't up to doing an episode. It was yeah, I was just kind of surprised by the length. I was surprised by like the detail of answer, but he was so incredibly nice about it. He wasn't angry. He was like, you know, I really appreciate this, blah, blah, blah. But I'm doing X, Y, and Z now. Um, I really love the Lakers. Like the last few years for us have been blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it was just I was like surprised he's giving me this much time. This is crazy. And so I waited like a year. I was like, that was just such a nice response. I'm going to try again. Mm-hmm. And the next time he goes, yeah, sure. Like I'm available Tuesday or whatever it was. <laughs> it was just like a, a 180 and we were able to record. He's probably been burned by a lot of people and a lot of people trying to maybe either make fun of him or exploit. Like, it's like this dude played in the NBA, like regardless of if he was good or not in the NBA, yeah. like he was still good enough to make the NBA. Like he played, in a, he played in an era where seven foot dudes were a hot commodity. Um, mm-hmm. And it, so, hey, he won championships, <laughs> Yeah, uh, played in the league. He signed multiple contracts. Mm-hmm. Not a bad life, dude. Not, Not at all. Life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've gone through a lot of memorable plays. Absolutely. Uh, and we have, stealing this from the Bill Simmons Rewatchables podcast, our most rewatchable sequence. Uh, this is incredibly easy to pick. Uh, the last minute 56 of the second quarter. Yep, last two minutes yep. of the second quarter. Easy money. Not even. After, so here's a little rundown of what happens. Charlie Ward with kind of a crafty reverse layup. Kobe drives, dishes to Powell, dishes to Shaq for a dunk that like almost rips the basket down. Uh, it's shaking for like several seconds afterwards. Latrell Sprewell comes down, hits a three. Kobe does the amazing dunk we just spent a lot of time on, the Kevin Harlan with no regard for human life dunk. Othello Harrington comes down, hits a 10-footer. Ori comes back with a three. Sprewell hits a 20-footer. Ori alley-oop to Shaq. Again, the basket shakes for all 400 pounds that just hung from it momentarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin George steals the ball and leads to Kobe's three right before the end of the half where we get Kevin Harlan's right between the eyes. And um, it's – so that's 21 minutes – No, I'm sorry, 21 points – with no stoppage of play for two minutes, basically. 
that translates to 126 points scored in a quarter if they kept up that pace. Not that that would ever happen, but uh, just no stoppage of play, teams not missing. Every shot they, the last two minutes goes in. It's just uh, just YouTube the last minute, 56, two minutes of the – if you're going to watch any part of this game after listening to this podcast, yeah. watch that sequence right there. For sure, because um, at something that I wanted to add is the least watchable segment, which was the two minutes before that, which were the right. most boring two minutes of basketball I may have ever watched. It yeah. was all fouls. It was so bad. Um, and you can see why the game is so different now. Um, and so that's one thing when you rewatch some of these older games, if you're especially new to basketball, you're going to be shocked at the pace. Um, yep. If you have not rewatched these games, there's so many fouls. There's two big men at the same time. Like Samaki Walker is in the game. Yeah. He, called invaluable this mm-hmm. game samaki walker yeah <laughs> <laughs> right after he missed like a big old he, he missed a hook shot off the backboard he's like oh yeah, yeah. he's an invaluable piece of the scene i'm like i don't remember that <laughs> uh, but it, it's just it, that stood out to me like just the pace of this um and especially two minutes before that like it was so slow i even wrote my notes like this game is slow Four fourteen left in the second quarter uh and then Right after that, it, it picked up. Like, Charlie Ward really picked up the pace, and the Lakers like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess we're going to have to finish this quarter strong. Yeah. And that was the most rewatchable. Um, I mean, aside from the most rewatchable Kobe part was the third quarter, by far. Like, Oh, yeah. Um, the, if you want to go strictly in Kobe plays, it was just like probably, what, like five – like anywhere between like nine and five minutes in the third quarter, it was all Kobe time. But like those two minutes of basketball were – no commercial breaks, no fouls, no turnovers. Well, a couple turnovers, but yeah. no stoppage of plays. Like yeah. that was very no smooth, yeah. enjoyable basketball. So the last, the last play leads to uh, that Kobe threw right before the half. When Devin George steals it, Kevin Harlan mentions like we've done a lot of games in this building, but the buzz in this building right now is electric. And I think it had uh, it was just to do with the sequence we're talking about. Kobe had been heating up the dunks. Um, the fact that nobody was missing 21 points were scored in two minutes. It's just, uh, it's a fun rewatch and something that I'll watch over and over again for the rest of my life. Oh, absolutely. And it's good seeing those Knicks jerseys with a little bit of black in them, like seeing yeah. the garden with fans in it again. Uh, it's, it's just, it's cool. Um, it, it's a cool throwback performance. And especially because this Knicks team, it, they didn't have a lot of superstars. So like they just tried hard, like they played hard. Um, right. And I forgot that who's the coach Herb Williams of the Knicks. It was Don Chaney at this point. I think Herb may have been on the bench as an assistant. Man, it was um, it was good to see all those guys. It, it's a it's a fun rewatch, especially if you grew up watching like '90s or early 2000s basketball. Okay, so we'll give a shout out to some former some other Lakers, and then we'll get into our trivia. Let's do it. So obviously, shout out to Shaq, 33 points, 11 for 15 on free throws. I uh, was getting it done from the line. You know, that's funny about Shaq. This season uh, was his career high in free throw percentage. He got it up to 62%, which um, isn't great by any standard. But for Shaq, it was his highest uh, his highest free throw percentage since his rookie season when he shot 59%. And then he had gotten all the way down to the mid-40s. The very next year, he was back in the 40s again for the Lakers. <laughs> but so the fact that he got to 62 uh, and went 11 for 15 from this game was cool. Shout out to Slava just because he's fun to shout out. Two points. Uh, I remember it was like a little crafty layup that he probably got fouled on, but they didn't call it. So shout out to Slava. We already gave T Knight his shout out. Anybody you want to give a shout out to? This man, especially now you put me on the spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I want to give a shout out to Kareem Rush. Okay. 
man, I, I kind of miss. Yeah, his career was a little short with the Lakers. I wish it. I wish he had. Cool, I wish he had a bigger career with us. It seemed like uh, it could have been so much more. So Absolutely. I want to give a shout out to Kareem because that moment in Minnesota was pretty special, or yeah. against Minnesota. Against Minnesota, right, right, right. Yeah. Also, want to give a shout out to Brian Shaw when the Knicks made. Oh um, yes. Their little comeback in the fourth, where they got this down to I think five points late in the game. Uh, but while they were making their run, Shaw hit a 20-footer that kind of quieted the crowd for a minute and gave Lakers fans a little glimmer of hope that, okay, we're going to pull this out. It was he's, He stopped that incredible run by Charlie Ward, Spiral, Doliak, everyone who was on fire for the Knicks that fourth quarter. Man, like if it wasn't for that Shaq block with like a minute and a half left, like yeah. this game was a, little, a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, I'll give you a chance to ask me some trivia questions, and I have a few fun ones for you based off the okay. Lakers and Knicks. Um, I already asked you one, but do you remember what shoes Kobe was wearing this game? I have no idea. It, it, they were Jordans. He was a free okay. agent at the time, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, some black Jordans. Um, and then I have two oh, – I already asked you one, but – one is a Laker trivia question, and the other one is a Kobe trivia question. They showed us on the broadcast. How, do you remember how many points per game he was averaging? In I mean, not points. I'm sorry, minutes per game he was averaging um, for the season, or for up to this point. For the for the season up to this uh, point. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna say 41. It was 41.9, which was third. Oh my god! Third. Like who's who's, <laughs> who's playing? Uh, it's probably McGrady and Iverson. I have to believe. Yeah. You know, like M- Iverson used to play like forty-two minutes a game. Um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, it's got to be. And, and a special shout out to to Carmelo who wanted to call out Zion for not playing enough minutes, where he only played thirty-two minutes a game in his second season. So, like, Carl has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. Oh, god, it's such a so annoying. Uh, but yeah, so and who is so that's good? You got it right. Pretty much forty-one. Um, yeah. That's good enough. We're not going to round up here. Okay. Um, and which is the one Laker player that didn't play in this game? It's hard because I, I there are a lot of names on the roster, but I don't know if they were active or not at this point. Um, so Slava pay, played. I think Madsen played a little bit. Um, Kareem Rush played. Well, that's a good point because I don't know if he was active or not, but I just saw it was DNP in the box score. Okay, so I think that means he is active. Uh, Tracy Murray? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. Tracy Murray. Um, he was guess. chilling. You know, he probably was like, yeah. I made a dinner reservation in New York. This is a nice night. Let me just watch Kobe take on the town, and then I'll go have some wine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what you got for me, man? Okay, so one part of a basketball reference that's really fun, and I don't know how accurate it is, but they list it for several players are their nicknames. Mm. And it's the best they list of nicknames. Some of these I've never heard before. Uh, so I have some both Lakers and one Knicks. I'm gonna see by the nickname that's given up. Okay, this is great. Right. This is great. Can, okay, so for a Laker, whose nickname is Blondie? Blondie? Yes, I've never heard this before except for on basketball. Oh, basketball. Okay. Right. Um, and it was a Laker on this team, I assume, right? Yes, he played in this game. Fox? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was Rick Fox, which is weird because he's got black hair. And uh, yeah, I, don't know where I, just, I just assume it's because he's an actor and he probably did yeah. some stupid stuff and wore a wig and they're like, okay, Blondie, that's you. <laughs> Whose nickname <sighs> uh, is Little Flying Warrior? For the Lakers? <laughs> For the Lakers, yeah. Mm. Okay, it's got to be a guard, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember who the Lakers uh, backup point guard was at this point. Oh, my God. Even though, I just, even though I literally just watched the game. I don't know who is it. Who tell me? Apparently, it's Kobe Bryant. Little oh, yeah. okay. I would have not guessed that. <laughs> no, I'd never heard it except for no. Nope. 
Congratulations, Mamba. Another one. Okay. Another another nickname, the Eighth Man Laker. The Eighth Man. I'm going to say Mark Madsen. Nope. For, also Kobe. I don't know if it's because <sighs> his number was number eight at this point, but that's, like I said, these are just crazy nicknames that are on basketball reference. <laughs> are these editable? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Who's oh, like, man. Just Warrior. So not Little Flying Warrior. That was Kobe, but who's Warrior? Is that the uh, Diesel? Yes, it's Shaq. Okay, then yeah, I, I think that is, I think it's I think it's his name, right? I think Shaquille means like warrior or something, yeah, something yeah. along those lines. Uh huh. So one Nick's nickname, uh, Crazy Eyes. He played in this game. Oh man, I didn't because uh, my nickname for Crazy Eyes was Popeye Jones, but I don't oh, remember. Right, yeah. I don't remember him on this team. Yeah. Um, Crazy Eyes. Oh, Tyler Harrington. No, Kurt Thomas. Oh, for sure. That, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, this was young Crazy Eyes too. Uh-huh. I can see why they call him Crazy Eyes. Oh, yeah, and for, so Kurt Thomas, uh, another quote that I have on my notes, but since you brought him up, uh, John Thompson said he was having a quote-unquote career year. So okay. um, I don't know what kind of season that means for Kurt Thomas. It probably means just like season high and elbows to the chin um, and, and hard picks. I'm going to look real quick, so I have yeah. a basketball reference up to oh, perfect. Re- shout out and sh- another shout-out is to basketball reference. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do without you. Okay, so he's up to 14 points a game this year, which would be a career high. That is a career year. Yeah, 14, almost eight boards. This is like the second second season or something like that, or third season. It was a pretty young player. Um, oh, no, he had been – this was like his eighth or so. Oh, sh- Yeah, he, okay. he, had been, he had been hurt his first couple of years. Uh, well, he was on the Heat. Then he was on the Mavericks briefly. Mm. I actually remember that. But he was That's right, yeah. Yeah, because they were talking about him, like about his college stats. I'm like, is this like his third season? <laughs> like, why are they talking about college? Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, he did. He averaged a lot in college. I'm like, okay, uh yeah, how about that? Career year, Kurt Thomas. Congratulations. Career year, Kurt Thomas. Yeah. All right. Well, that's about it for episode one of Bean. Uh, we're going to be releasing these monthly as we talk in talk about, like I said, Kobe's greatest games, and then some other games like this one that you know some fans may not necessarily think of when they think of Kobe games, but ones that are definitely a fun rewatch. Oh, absolutely. Um, this was a this was a fun game. I'm glad you recommended it. Um, the third quarter was peak Kobe performance. It was really more like this. The third, second and third quarters were just like he turned it on, um, and it was just fun watching him cook. You know, like it, it's just something that if you're a Laker fan, that when when he had the ball and he had it rolling, it was must see TV. It it really was. It was stop what you're doing. Um, Twitter wasn't around back then, so there wasn't like um. You know, like there's like a Curry alert. Like there wasn't a Kobe alert, and there there should have been because yeah. when he got going, it was league pass, must see TV, uh, any angle, any shot. Um, and this game was evident, right? Like he had right. everything: the lefty, the right, the three get three ball, the dunks. Um, it was it was it was fun to watch. Yep. All right, thanks. Well, we're looking forward to episode two. Uh, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Anchor. Uh, we'll see where else we get this thrown up. Also follow us on Instagram at, at bean podcast. Uh, that Instagram is up and running. Thank you, Brandon, for getting all the legwork on all these feeds set up while I was just a lazy jerk, not doing anything. So. Not even, he created the podcast and um, it was pretty easy to, to move everything over to anchor. So shout out to anchor for hosting us. And yeah, like Jeff said, subscribe. We'll throw these clips on YouTube. We'll have the podcast on YouTube as well. And um, we're on Google podcasts as well. I just got an alert. So we'll, we'll expand as we go. So Thanks for joining us through episode one. We really, really appreciate it. Cool. Thank you. And um, as we approach the one-year anniversary of Kobe's passing, this episode will launch one day prior to January 26th. So uh, we just, you know, keep that in mind. It'll be a tough day, but it'll be interesting and 
you know, entertaining to see all the tributes that will be thrown up that day. There's, so, there's going to be a lot. Um, there's, yeah. there's definitely going to be a lot. Um, I'm actually going to run uh, 8.24 miles uh, for Kobe um, around LA. I'll put on a Kobe jersey to do so. Um, it's going to be an emotional day for a lot of people. We didn't want to release a podcast on that specific day, even though it's going to be available. Um, and people are going to grieve and remember him in, in their own way and their own right. And, you know, we just wanted to bring positivity uh, to, to this day. Um, and because it, it was a shock 12 months ago and it, it was an emotional ride and it still hurts for a lot of people, no more than the Bryant family and all the other families that um, were affected. So we just wanted to remember him in a very, very positive way of the all basketball, which is so much joy for us. And I will, you, you throw out that, that you're going to be running 8.24 miles. I would say Kobe would tell you to run 24.8. So I'll challenge you for 24.8. I will. I will. I'm going to go ahead and fail that challenge. Kobe. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I'm just getting into running too. This is my first really month of doing uh, like a big challenge. So I don't want to push myself too much, but mm. 24 is something I'll push myself to. That's a goal for me. So okay. uh, I will, I'll get to 24.8 eventually. Um, good enough. Good enough. That's if that's good enough for Jeff. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Thank you, everybody. Absolutely. Bye-bye guys.